It's good to see you all here. Looks like uh, the majority of us made it, considering uh, the conditions outside. And I know we still have, there'll be several folks coming in throughout the night and on into tomorrow as well that will fold into the Sangha. Uh, my name is Devin. Um, if you were expecting Durak, this is Devin instead. <laughs> um, I teach here at IMS and glad to join Bart and Nakaway for this retreat. Um, just wanted to offer a, a little welcome to you all before we get started. Just knowing that we're trying to create a container of safety, trying to create a, a heart space in which we can practice, orient the mind towards a little ease, peace, ultimately onward leading to awakening, collective awakening here together. So practicing with you all. So we'll look forward to practicing over the course of the week and welcoming you all wherever you're from in the country, whatever your gender identity is, ethnicity, race, shape, size, ability, disability, country of origin, mother tongue, And just know where our intention is to have a place that we can all practice with a wholehearted intention. And a, quite a, for this retreat, quite a natural and relaxed way. So I don't think this is going to be the week for over-efforting and perfection that usually doesn't work in the practice, to my, is, is my experience anyway. Um, and then really encouraging you to bring your full selves to the retreat, to the practice. And as I said, it took a lot for us to, to get here. So, you know, actually holding uh, a little compassion for yourselves and, and others that you may have, have left in the other world. And gratitude that we actually had this opportunity to be here. And yeah, we're in mask. I, I would much rather um, you be able to see my smile and I see yours. And at this time, you know, we can't right now. So we'll work with that and we'll practice with it. And uh, building up enough momentum, continuity of practice, we'll feel each other. So there's that. Mm. And it's really our shared intention and our shared humanity that will unfold with the continuity of the practice. And it actually create, creates quite a beautiful container. And though I love online teaching and online learning, actually being able to experience that in person again is uh, quite a special thing. So it's a gift and an opportunity we have this week. So thank you all. It's good to see you all. I'll pass it to Nakaway. I think I did introduce, my, introduce myself a little bit. Well, I can tell you, I'm, I'm a father of, of, of two daughters. I actually live about an hour away in Northampton. Um, still, New England's new for me, so I'm not really down with the whole icy thing out there. I spent 35 years in California, mostly in San Francisco and L.A. and Palm Springs, uh, I was a park ranger in another life in Joshua Tree Park. I was a kindergarten teacher. 
Um, yeah, lots of other things. I've dropped out of some of the finest schools in the country <laughs> as well. Okay. I think that's good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, doing a sound check, how is that? Good? Okay, great. So welcome, you made it. Wow. Yeah, beautiful. The effort to get here, all the stuff we had to, all the loose ends we had to tie at home before coming. You know, we just, we made it. We could take like a sigh and just, we have arrived. We are home. I know you're going to use that. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, welcome. My name is Nakawe Cuevas. And I'm very happy to be here with you. Uh, this IMS is my really my spiritual home. I've done a lot of retreats here. And I know that uh, there are some that are coming back to IMS. They've done retreats. Uh, and then there's some that are new to IMS. So it's a beautiful opportunity of, like Devin was saying, exploring, you know, exploring the sacred space of the Dhamma, of the teachings of liberation, the teachings of liberation. And it's a profound practice. It's a profound opportunity that we have to come together here and to practice together in community and Sangha. So special after this COVID thing, right? Now all of a sudden we're back, you know, uh, with Sangha, with community. So we can use that, the fullness of Sangha and of community to practice such a beautiful thing because we each support each other in this practice. We come in with this intention to, to be present, to learn, to, to meditate, to be present in the moment, to learn how to end suffering. You know, it's a, it's a noble practice. So it's great that you're here. A little bit about me. I've been um, practicing a little over 20 years. As I said, I did a lot of practice in IMS and Forest Refuge, which is a long-term practice site in the next building over. Um, And uh, I'm a midwife by profession. I've been a midwife. My nephew was the first birth, and he's 40. So I've been a midwife for about 40 years, practicing in um, the Bronx, New York, mainly. And I did some home births and hospital and birth center births. And I learned a lot about meditating in birth, so I might share that with you, maybe in the Dhamma talk. Um, And I just love the Dhamma. I love sharing the Dhamma, and I love these two beings next to me. And uh, so we're going to get to know each other. And thank you for your presence and your practice. I already feel like we had starting container. There's some stillness, and this is good. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. How is the volume of my voice? Yeah, in the back as well? Well, thank you. Well, my name is Bart. And uh, I used to teach a lot of kids meditation in schools in New York. And quite often I had to say, my name is Bart, like Bart Simpson. (laughs) And uh, where I'm from, I'm from the Netherlands. And in the 70s, your chances were pretty high if you were born in the Netherlands, your name's Bart. There's a ton of Barts. And um, one of the things that I've, I've learned so many things now that I've been in this country for 13 years, 
And one of the things I've been doing in, while I'm introducing myself is also making sure that people know that I go by specific pronouns, he, him. And um, I find it important because one of the things I've noticed is that um, sometimes a space where you do vulnerable work like practicing with kind awareness, um, it might not feel welcoming for all. And so I really appreciated, Devin, what you said in the beginning, like we really want to welcome all that you bring. And one of the things that I've noticed is that when you go on retreat, you bring your whole life with you. And um, I want to talk a little more about um, the content of the retreat. also want to share a little bit about some structural elements. But I also want to share a little bit about myself. Um, and likewise, with Devin and Knockaway, I really spend a lot of hours and days practicing here at IMS. I love this space. And it's also become my spiritual home. It's become my spiritual home specifically for retreats because I think that's such a gift that you were able to carve out time and had support from people and all kinds of elements around you that made it happen for you to be here right now. Because it took a lot of conditions for exactly this group to be here right now. It's amazing. I'm so grateful for Nakaway who drove me uh, this morning and afternoon. And uh, I've learned a new English word today. My new word today is hail. <laughs> In my language, we say hail. And all of a sudden on, his, on, on your roof, it was kind of trickling. And it's like, that sound, what's that called in English? Hail. And um, I, um, I have a wife. Her name is Chantal, and I have a seven-year-old son, and we live in Harlem in New York. And um, tonight is a little bit of a special night um, because Chantal and I are together for 27 years, 1995. And um, this morning, Chantal, my wife, told Lou, our son, um, that was the first time um, we gave each other a kiss. And he goes, ugh! <laughs> Uh, and um, anyway, that's enough about me. Uh, uh, I do also a lot of teaching in New York City. I'm uh, responsible for a, a meditation center, the community meditation center. And um, you're always welcome there. And uh, I, too, really feel grateful to be here. I was also a little nervous coming here. Just, again, being among so many people, I haven't been in this seat live in a long time. And, uh, and when I was driving up here, I also noticed that the environment is so different, this space for me, than New York City. So I also had to just get used to, again, the intensity, because we're a little more elevated, it's a, a little cooler than other places. And so one of the things that I would love to kind of offer from the get-go is to give yourself some time. And my, I want to share my favorite meditation instruction. It's called pause. Even just saying that word, pause. 
find it so helpful because it's the pause that remembers to be present. So just pausing for a moment because you already had a full day and you've already heard a lot of words coming at you. Pause. Exactly two weeks ago, a well-known Zen master passed away. His name is Thich Nhat Hanh. And uh, since two weeks now, in my own practice, besides seeing that word pause, I've also been uh, practicing with two lines that he offers a lot. He offered a lot. I have arrived. I'm home. Every time when we kind of realize it's like this right now, it's kind of a homecoming. So you have arrived. It might not feel like home yet. Give yourself some time. But this knowing that we're going to be kind of cultivating what we sometimes refer to as mindfulness or awareness. When we remember it, it's already here. And this leads me also to want to talk a little bit about the vision Nakue, Devon, and I have in in offering some teachings from the Buddha. We call the the retreat Finding the Way Home to Natural Awareness. So this finding, one reflection of it, I personally believe is pause. It's to allow yourself to slow down and to really take in this very moment. I also want to acknowledge, and Devon already mentioned it, Dara Williams is not with us. She couldn't make it. And also another friend, of, a dear friend of mine, who was going to offer mindful movement, Chati Chu, can't make it either. I just want to bring their names into our community. Another way of looking at this practice is calling it noble resting time. You get the opportunity for the next almost week to drop so many responsibilities of daily life and to allow yourself time to pause. Time to slow down. Time to reflect. And time to cultivate. We've already used two words from the language that the Buddha spoke in Pali. Sangha, meaning community. Dharma, meaning teachers or 
the laws and nature. There's another word in the Pali language called bhavana. And that word is often kind of mistranslated, if you ask me, as meditation. I guess European scientists did that when they went to Asia and thought this is what they're doing. But the word is actually cultivation. We're here to cultivate this kind presence over and over again. So perhaps IMS should change its name from Inside Meditation Society to Inside Cultivation Society. Because that's really what we're doing. And what I find really powerful about the power of this practice of mindfulness is that being aware of the good brings love. And what's even more powerful is the realization that being aware of the painful brings love too. And so I want to use an image that a colleague of ours, Sebene Selassie, uses a lot when we start a retreat with her. She would say, like, have you ever been in a position where you are going on vacation and you pack too many things in your car? You might have a family, you have bags, you've got suitcases, whatever. And then you start driving, and all of a sudden, you have quite a bit of speed and you stop. And she said that all the bags and everything kind of flow, kind of gets thrown to the front. That's how it can feel in the beginning of retreat. You know, you'll hear me say, oh great, pause, coming home into the present moment. But what you might notice is your mind being agitated, active. Even the thought of being present with your own mind might not even seem so appealing. That's all part of it. That's part of this cultivation. So meditation or cultivation is really about getting to know yourself. And then the Buddha's teachings that we hope to kind of support you with, they point to getting to know ill-being or suffering and the path to it. And they point to well-being and the path to it. That's really the heart of what the Buddha taught. And so over the course of the retreat, we will offer all kinds of instructions, but we'll also offer some wisdom teachings that came down from the, this long line of people that started with this historical being 2,600 years ago. Another thing that will support your practice, you might have already noticed it on the bulletin board, is the schedule, which is well-tested here at IMS. And I'd love to kind of pick out a few elements that I think are worthwhile mentioning, and you might have already heard a few um, from Nancy and the other people here at IMS. 
the first thing that will also support your practice, we hope, is every morning after breakfast, we will offer some specific guidance and instructions. We would really hope you, you attend because our instructions will also build up and it is also giving you some time to ask questions if there something is not clear. What's also going to happen, not tomorrow, but the day after tomorrow and then into the retreat, is that we will invite you into what we call group practice. And you'll be with, we haven't figured out how many, maybe seven or eight people. It's kind of a check-in how you're doing. It's with one of us. But it's also a rich opportunity to practice relational meditation or cultivation practices. It's sometimes really helpful to hear from other people how they're doing in their practice. And so often we see, as Devon was saying, the shared human experience in it all. There's also an optional suggestion every afternoon, I believe, at 2.30, where we offer some mindful movement. Because not only the mind might have that experience of the car kind of stopping and it feels very active, your body might too. Your body might not be used to sitting for longer periods of time or walking the way we're suggesting to do. And so this mindful movement can kind of help sometimes to bring some some ease into the body. So you're most welcome to join, but it's optional. And likewise, in the afternoons, you'll see that in, I'm not sure if you can see that in the schedule, but at around three or so, there will be a guided meditation specifically focusing on cultivating what we call heart qualities. Sometimes mindfulness alone is not enough. And we need to see if we can also cultivate some kindness or compassion or joy. What you also see is um, if you identify as black, indigenous, or a person of color, there will be an affinity group if you like to join in a small space, which will be, I think, at 6.30. And it won't be every night because it will alternate at 6.30. Also, a group can sit in silence for the people who are part of the LGBTQI plus community. And that will also be on the schedule. And one of those sessions will be, the first one will be with one of the teachers, but the rest will be all in silence. And then every evening at around 7.30, there'll be a talk where we will kind of share some wisdom teachings, but also some of our own experiences of being on retreat. Because just out of curiosity, how many of you, for you, is this the first time going on retreat? If you wouldn't mind to just raise your hand and maybe just look around. Oh, welcome. Welcome. And uh, would you mind raising your hand if this is your first time here at IMS? Welcome. Oh, cool. Thank you. And then we'll close the evening, correct, team, with some, some chant practice, right? That we'll do a little bit, more or less. Yeah, we'll do that too. But you'll get some more information and details about that later. But those are like the most uh, important elements 
of the schedule. And then, oh yeah, one more thing. We need your generosity when it comes to bell ringing. Because then you can also let go of watches and phones and what have you. So on the sheet outside, if you wouldn't mind to please sign up to, to ring a bell so that everyone hears that there will be a next sitting practice. But also we need someone who would be willing to do one sit here when we're not here to ring the bell. You could take any seat you like, right? And then just ring the bell when it's time. Um, and there's a sign-up sheet for it. And very specifically, we need someone, well, with lots of respect, who will do it tomorrow morning for us. <laughs> at, <laughs> at 6.30, I believe. So if you wouldn't mind to please do that, I'd, we really appreciate that. Before kind of also diving into some time of silence, led by Nakaway, just want to invite you to pause one more time. Just letting the word settle. So coming into a comfortable posture for meditation. If you need to wiggle around and just adjust your posture, it's okay. Always at the beginning of a sit is a good time to adjust. And even during the meditation, um, micro movements just to adjust your spine or whatever is, is also, it's okay. So coming into a comfortable sitting posture, Maybe taking a few deep breaths all the way down into your belly, nice and slow. Inhaling all the way down, nice and slow, and exhale a few times. Just helping your body, mind, and heart to arrive, arrive in this moment. Feeling what it feels like to be present, totally present. Whatever's here, whatever's happening in your mind, your heart, your body, all is welcome. We can just allow it to be here, to be present. Feeling the earth underneath us, holding us, supporting us, feeling her energy. She's always there to help ground us and always connect with Mother Earth. And just allowing a softness, inviting the muscles to relax, 
just scanning the body lightly with a soft, gentle awareness. Maybe starting at the top of the head, just allowing the forehead, the eyes, just to relax and soften. Moving down through the cheeks and the jaw, inviting the body to just relax. Relaxing the throat. And the shoulders, letting the shoulders just drop. Just feeling the release around the shoulders. Relaxing the arms, the fingers, and the hands. Softening the chest and the belly and the back. Feeling into the hips, allowing the groundedness of the sitting, the contact with the seat or the floor or the chair. Feeling the groundedness of the sitting posture. Spine straight and everything else relaxed. Moving down through the legs, just bringing a kind, gentle awareness down through the legs into the feet. Just feeling the aliveness, well, the aliveness of this moment. What is it to have a body? Feeling the embodiment of this moment right here, right now. Whatever is there is welcome. Feeling the different body sensations, whether pleasant or unpleasant, just allowing them to be with kind acceptance, with kind awareness. Noticing the breath, the breath moving in and out of the body, wherever you notice it, it's okay. 
Just this gentle, kind awareness. of what is, and allowing that to be. Where of the breath, inhaling, Exhaling, anything that's not needed, nice long exhale, any holding, stress, just releasing it with the out-breath. In-breath, vital life force energy, and exhaling anything that's not needed. the rhythm of the breath, feeling it within the body. Allowing whatever thoughts or emotions just to flow through. coming back to this moment just as it is. mind starts to wander, just bring your awareness back into maybe into the contact points, feeling the chair or the earth underneath us. Bringing a gentle kind awareness to whatever's going on. Inviting ease into the body. Resting in this moment just as it is.
Noticing the rhythm of the breath as it flows in and out. Inhaling, exhaling. It's all natural rhythm. Helping us to stay present in this moment. Softening any holding around the belly or the shoulders, the jaw. Just opening and softening with kind awareness. Letting the stillness, the silence, ease the body, suffuse the body, the heart and the mind.
holding whatever's present with kind awareness, with gentle awareness. Infusing it with the breath. Exhaling what's not needed. With kindness, with this gentle care, caring awareness. Knowing what's ever happening in the heart, mind, and body in this moment, right here. In a few moments, I'll ring the bell, just allowing the sound to be received. With this beautiful, gentle awareness. So now we're going to take some time to uh, take the refuges and precepts and Nakaway and I will, I'll give a little bit about the refuges and Nakaway will offer uh, a little about the precepts and we will chant those together. So the the refuges or taking refuges and taking precepts. The refuges and precepts frame 
what we're doing here. And they really help to orient us to the intentions, the values of the Dhamma. And actually, like, there's one way... um, Oftentimes with, with friends and their hesitation to come to meditation retreats or hesitation around the refuges and precepts, they feel like this is like, what's this going to allow me to do? There's so much going on in the world and just sitting here um, meditating, what's that going to do? And there's uh, something that the late Bell Hooks said that always stuck, stuck with me. I'm seeing if I have a senior moment or not, if I can actually remember what it was that Bell Hooks said. It stuck with me. <laughs> she said the most basic form of activism that we have is to live consciously in a nation living in fantasy. And that is foundationally the refuges and precepts. It's a starting point for us to live consciously in this nation and world living in fantasy. And these are, the refuges and precepts are really basic principles that we will honor throughout the course of this retreat in the same way that they have been honored over 2,600 years as they were taught and practiced by the Buddha. And really allowing ourselves to sink into them, to reflect on them, really helps us sink into a deeper way of being. And it's something that you check out for yourself, right? I can, I can tell you this, and, it, and it's not just to be believed. It's to, to uh, explore and, and experiment and, and check it out. So the refuges and precepts really mean to take refuge in the guidance, to reflect on, to find comfort in these, what we call the three jewels, the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha. And the Buddha is partially the historical Buddha. It's the Buddha as the embodiment of compassion and wisdom. It is our own Buddha nature, our own, our own capacity for change, transformation, awakening. And the Dhamma, of course, is the ultimate truth, ultimate reality, or the way of the elders, the Theravada tradition, the way of the elders, the teachings. And the Sangha is us, the lay and monastic practitioners all over the world in this community that we have here. Dr. King would have framed it as the beloved community, and there are quite parallels, overlapping parallels of that. And the refuges, at least in my experience, has been something that um, I definitely probably took pretty lightly, the refuges and precepts in the beginning. And I actually really see them as foundational to the practice. It allows for some clarity of mind, actually, some peace of mind as we sit and practice, as we walk in the world to hold these values, to be aligned with these values. And they're really the promotion of, along with the precepts, 
the values of non-harming ourselves and others. And they're have been chanted in when you hear the the refuges when we do it. They're chanted actually in in, in triplicate, right? So these were done at a time when it was passed through an oral tradition. So you're going for refuge once and going for refuge twice and then going for refuge a third time. And again, as I said, it's and it's important to say it's not something that you just believe. It's something that you reflect on. It's something that you see. Uh, come up in your own practice. And then you reflect on those in a deeper and deeper way. And I think I've framed them in my own practice and in my own life as it's almost like, I mean, it's, I would always have a thing, it was Winnie Nazarko, a colleague, would say, the refuges and precepts are offering, saying the refuges and precepts every day, which is what I, I still do them every day in the morning. It's like having a lawyer at the ready. <laughs> She'd say it's kind of like you're just lawyered up all the time. It's constantly keeping, keeping you track, keeping you legal. <laughs> so we'll offer those uh, in just a moment. Knock away, we'll offer a little bit about the precepts, and then we will chant them together, I believe. Does anybody need a copy of these? Just talking a little bit more about the, the precepts. So these are the ethical guidelines and they're trainings. They're not commandments, they're trainings in our life. And since we're creating this sangha, this community for one week, we take the precepts as a way of protecting ourselves and each other. Because when we take the precepts, it helps us to stay in alignment, as Devin was saying. So the precepts, uh, Buddha referred to them as the five gifts because they're very precious. They help us to stay, you know, stay straight in life. And it doesn't mean that we're always going to be, you know, 100% in alignment, but at least we have a place where we could come to, you know, in a world and uh, in this culture where, you know, lying is like every day, you know, it's okay. There's like little values and it's starting to, you know, it has been crumpling more and more. When we come into the practice, we stand in alignment. That keeps us strong, that keeps us steady and stable. And people trust us, you know, because they know that we're living a certain values with certain values and with certain um, ethical principles. So they're really very powerful. And as my practice has continued, they've just deepened, you know, they've deepened and deepened. And they're quite precious. So um, 
oh, sorry, not, we didn't have enough. <laughs> so what I'm going to do is, uh, Devin's going <laughs> to, one second, we're going to get some more. Um, we're, we're going to do also um, in English and in Pali. Pali is the language of the Buddha. And uh, it may not make sense and it may sound weird if you've never heard it before, but just allow the sounds to kind of just penetrate, you know, just like almost like rain, you know, just falling into your heart and your, and your body because there's different ways of receiving information. It's not always about just reading and, you know, memorizing. It's like letting something just soak in. So if you're not familiar with Pali, just to let the sound soak in and see how that goes. It's just receiving the teachings in a different way because really this is an oral tradition. Uh, at the time of the Buddha, there were no written books. So everything was transmitted orally. So orally is a very powerful way of receiving the teachings. And we can just receive without having to figure it out and uh, judge it. You know, it's just allowing this, this to, uh, to find another way of, um, of receiving. Very powerful. So um, Devin's going to guide us with the refuges, and then I'll be guiding us with the precepts. So you have to keep in mind when I do this, there's like a Mississippi, Texas, Kansas accent that happens. So the Pali traditionally probably doesn't really sound like this, but it's a close approximation. I'm okay, help fair you. enough. <laughs> <laughs> Namo tasa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa. Namo tasa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa. Namo tasa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa. Buddham saranam gachami, dhammam saranam gachami, sangam saranam gachami. Dutiampi Buddham Saranam Gachami Dutiampi Dhammam Saranam Gachami Dutiampi Sangam Saranam Gachami Tatiampi Buddham Saranam Gachami Tatiampi Dhammam Saranam Gachami Tatiampi Sangam Saranam Gachami. I'm pausing, just allowing it to resonate. Just checking in into the body, see how that landed. And whatever it is, it's okay. taking the precepts. I'll sing it in, uh, chant it in Pali, and then we can say it together in English. Panati pata veramani sikapadam samadhyami 
I undertake the precept to refrain from killing living beings. Adina dana veramani sikapadam samariyami. I undertake the precept to refrain from taking that which is not given. Abramacharya veramani sikapadam samariyami. I undertake the precept to refrain from all sexual activity. Musavada veramani sikapadam samariyami. I undertake the precept to refrain from false speech. Surya Maraya Maja Pamadatana Veramani Sikapadam Samadhyami. I undertake the precept to refrain from intoxicants which cloud the mind and cause heedlessness. Idame Silamaga Fala Nanasapachayo Hotu. Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu. Again, just taking that pause. Taking it in. So just to go over uh, the precepts. I know you're tired. We're almost finished. (laughs) So, of course, the first one, of course, refrain from killing. I mean, if we all in the whole world just did that one precept, could you imagine what the world would be like? (laughs) Refrain from taking what is not given. That's really powerful. You know, that has really guided me a lot um, in my life. And um, it's a powerful thing to know that we're all in community and sangha together and that we don't have to worry about anybody taking our stuff because we're all taking this training and this precept. How much uh, robbery is in the world, right? People thieve like nothing, you know. They take things to try to get, you know, achievement and um, upper status. And they don't, it doesn't, you know, there's no values and ethics at all. So to take this precept is so powerful. In retreat, we don't have any kind of sexual activity. There's no kind of flirting, nothing. We're not here for that. We're here for a different type of practice. So we we take this uh, precept in retreat to abstain from all sexual activity. False speech, the next one, Musavad, incredible. You know, how much speech, you know, people don't value truth anymore. How we can stand in that principle of truth so powerful. And uh, intoxicants is anything that clouds the mind. So if you, ha- if you have to take medications, of course, that's not considered under this. So you take your medications as needed. But any kind of intoxicants, we're not um, going to do that with this retreat. And also the tel- um, your cell phones. You may be thinking about, oh, my God, i got to give in my cell phone. You know, how could that be? We're so attached to these cell phones, me included. So in the retreat, you know, it's a time to really see what is attachment about? You know, what is this craving thing about? And can you live without a cell phone for seven days, eight days? So, you know, really, it's a beautiful exploration to see where your edges are and how we can let go of um, clouding the mind with the cell phone, you know, so that we can clear the mind and take in the Dhamma 
and get the teachings, let them, the teachings sink in without the, you know, the obstruction of a cell phone. So we encourage you to, to be a part of the ceremony tomorrow. And I think that's all for me. Thank you. Noticing another voice, you know. Noticing another voice. I'm making too much noise. As I was saying, <laughs> it's noticing another voice. Just for the last couple of minutes, I just want to invite you to take a moment to let it all settle. To know that on this retreat, we're taking it moment by moment, just one breath. Just one step. What's it like to know that as a community we have these intentions to not harm? to cultivate kind awareness. And that it's okay to start over again and again. You're never too late for the present moment. So I'd like to end our session today with some words that are expressed as a wish, a wish of kindness, which can be another way to find the way home to kind awareness. I'd like to share the words uh, from Zenju Earthen Manuel, and she's a poet an author, an ordained Zen priest, and a medicine woman of the drum. It's called for all beings. May all beings be cared for and loved, be listened to, understood, and acknowledged despite different views. be accepted for who they are in this moment and be afforded patience. Be allowed to live without fear of having their lives taken away or their bodies violated. May all beings 
be well in its broadest sense. May they be fed, be clothed, be treated as if their life is precious, be held in the eyes of each other as family. May all beings be appreciated, feel welcomed anywhere on the planet, and be freed from acts of hatred and desperation, including war, poverty, slavery, and street crimes. May all beings live on the planet housed and protected from harm. Be given what is needed to live fully without scarcity. Enjoy life and living without fear of one another and be able to speak freely in a voice and mind of undeniable love. May all beings receive and share the gifts of life. Be given time to rest, to be still, and experience silence. May all beings be awake. few moments I'll ring the meditation bell three times and it's really up to you to pause for a moment to know that we now are in what we sometimes call an appreciative social or noble silence really take your time and may the fruits of Tonight's practice be shared with all beings. And may you rest well. See you tomorrow. So tomorrow at the first sit, which I believe is at 6.15, is the, the first sitting. We, do, we would like to identify someone, if someone wouldn't mind being the practice leader for that session. Excellent. Great. And, and your name? Action. Courtney. Courtney. Great. And you can sign up out there. So you can have any of these seats, and at the end of the period, just ring the bell. 
Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.